Headaches and heartaches on Midlands Today, brought to you by the beautiful Abbey Blooms Botanical Gardens and Cafe Community Initiative in Multifarnham, County Westmeath. A wonderful space for relaxation, designed to promote positive mental health and well-being for all. Find Abbey Blooms Botanical Gardens on Facebook. You know, the 2024 version of Rory Hafford looks younger than the 2023 version. What have you been doing? You silver-tongued devil. Well, he gave me a compliment coming in as well. (laughs) And we exchanged fibres. It's the fish diet. So, let's kick off with Pamela in Edenderry. And there will be a lot of Pamelas across Mm. the Midlands who have been stay-at-home mums, in her case for more than 10 years, and she is comfortable with the idea of going back to work, except... She's anxious. Mm. So she thinks the time is right, Mm. but the anxiety and the Mm. lack of confidence and all of the catastrophizing Mm. is going on. Mm. She has an interview lined up for next week and she is nervous. Help! Yeah, well, look, is there there any surprise in any of that? Because we've all been through it at one stage or another. She's anxious because it's new. It's different different and if you are stay at home for the past 10 years you, your life is habitual you know you get up you, you, you wear the same clothes you go do the same things this is completely new but here's the thing before she knows it the newness will grow stale in the brain so it'll all become old and she'll fall into a new habitual way of being in the world but as human beings, we stress about what we don't know. And to, to use you, your word, c- catastrophize a future that we have no evidence to find any fault with. So it's, in, it's just an, it's an ancient safety mechanism that we go, OK, what if this happens? And most people do this. But the, the issue I have with that is if you put something into your mind and leave it there for long enough, it becomes a belief. It's not just a a, a yera. It becomes an actual belief. So you have to be very... We're careful now about what we put into our mouths, what we feed ourselves. But it's the same with the thought process. What you put into your mind will actually dictate how your reality is going to be viewed. And the problem with people trying to anticipate stuff that goes wrong is that they manifest, not intentionally, but they manifest negative stuff which makes it more difficult for the positive stuff to happen because your antennae is just up for that which is which is negative. Do you know what a real fear is? Rejection. Wow. And this happens when when there is an interview pending. Because think about it, Will, and we've all been through it. You have two, three, four, ten people. In the medical interviews, there's, there's a small army on the other, other side of the table. And we go in there with one thing in our mind. I have to sell myself. It's the wrong thing completely. Because firstly, and I hope Pamela is listening to this because it'll help her for, for the interview process itself. It's not about you in modern day Ireland. It's actually about them. It's it, the, the interviews for the interview panel because if they hire or choose the wrong person, it reflects on them. Okay? So it's not really about you. It's about them. Which brings us to the, 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 the trick when it comes to the interview process itself. Interviews now in Ireland are run by a system called competency-based. So it's basically five to six things that are essential for the job. So if if you were interviewing for your own job today, what would the fit be? You'd have to be able to talk. 
you'd have to be able to think on your feet and you'd have to be have a nice enough personality that people would connect with you. So not bad having two out of three. Two out of three ain't bad. Can I do? Can I finish my own jokes, please, for God's Sorry. sake? Sorry, but you, you know what I mean. So with that, you find out exactly what the competencies are that the company is looking for, and you fit yourself into them, and you just give them examples of having experience in those competencies. The 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 thing I heard last week is that they're now thinking of uh, developing AI to do interviews. Mm. Now, if you think about that, it means it removes the, the humanistic element of it completely. But well, they're already using AI to filter CVs. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, it's absolutely great. Because I thought we were human beings interacting with fellow human beings. Now it's just box ticking. You know, do you have A, B and C? And if you do, you have a chance. And if you don't, mm. you're, you're completely irrelevant. If I went for an interview today, I wouldn't get any job I went for. None. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a dinosaur. I came up through the time where if you could connect with another human being, that was, that was 70, 80% of the success rate. And then they looked at what qualifications you had. Today, it's gone completely the other way. So for Pamela, first off, the anxiety is a normal defense mechanism for human beings. But break it down. What are you actually anxious about? What's the worst that could happen? So in effect for Pamela, the worst that could happen with this job coming up is that she ends up with what she has today. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And you can actually drill. And it's a, it's a cognitive behavior therapy thing. And you can dil, drill down even further and say, OK, the worst happens. And then what's the worst that can happen? And you'll find when you get to the end, you can deal with it. You can deal, but we catastrophize and we think that this is going to be awful and this is going to be terrible. But if there's an interview looming, it's always the same fear that people have, a fear of rejection and being found not good enough. Can I make a quick plug? Of course. Sweets in Kilbegan, so South Westmeath Employment Services. They have a free nine-week women's development programme three hours a week, starting next Thursday and running until the 21st of March. Mm. So anybody in her position, I know she's eating dairy, Mm. um, but if you're in Westmeath and you're feeling like Pamela, it's free and they're on 057 93 32030. And it's all about getting people back to work and comfortable and comfortable. That sounds amazing. Mm. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And and I've looked into a few of these programmes and they are incredible and they, they, they don't miss anything. And if you know of another one in a different part of the Midlands, please tell me and we'll pass it on. Sophie in Mullingar. Not her real name, by the way. She found her boyfriend snooping on her phone. Mm -hmm. He had opened a message from her friend and he was reading through the conversation. And she is really annoyed. He says she needs to calm down. It's no big deal. But to her, it's an invasion of privacy. She has changed her password so he can no longer access it. And now he's annoyed. I wonder how, if it's no big deal, how big a deal would it be if the roles were reversed? If she was the one who was going through his phone? I hate this. I hate it. And I'll tell you why. First off, Sophie, not her real name, has every right to be annoyed. Every right. In, in the clinic... In the clinics that I run over the years, 
I've had this very situation a few times and it causes so much hurt and so much trouble because at the root of it, in many instances, it's about a lack of trust. Do you know what I mean? What, I, what could you possibly want by going through somebody else's phone? And the other thing is phone texts from, from, from friends, you know the language in it. You know, it's, it's, it, people play fast and loose with the language. And if you're to pick up a text out of context, you can, you can go, mm. you can read all sorts of stuff into it. So you lose the, the very essence of the message itself. Firstly, it's none of your business. And that's real important to state. None of your business. This is a private conversation between two, two other human beings. In my day, it used to be called eavesdropping where you'd be, you'd be having your water cooler moment in the office and you'd hear two lads talking, okay? Now it's much more invasive because you can take your time, you can study it, you can pick it to bits and pieces, you can, you can make it out to be whatever it is that you want. But ultimately, I would argue that what people are doing with this is that they are trying to find fault. They will look for whatever is in the message that they don't agree with, that... Uh, messes a little bit with their mind and they will find fault. Now, Can I interrupt yeah, yeah, you? Yeah, of course. But can I come back to the fault thing in a second? Okay. I'm trying to imagine the other point of view and I'm not making an excuse for rooting through the phone. In fact, I think that can be a dangerous slippery slope into coercive control and trying to tell people who they can and can't interact with. Yeah. But why is he doing it? Does he suspect something? Is he looking for evidence What's been the lead up to this? Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, you're spot on. You're spot on. And mostly, mostly, and we've talked about this before, we, we have a tendency to be sucked into the what. What happened? He was going through her phone. And you're absolutely right. Why? What would drive him to that? Mm. Absolutely. And that, and again, this, this little, little section that we do on the right, we don't have time to delve into it. And we can only go on, on what sent us in, in the text itself. But, but, by and large, what I have found, particularly in the therapy room, is that people are looking for something. And almost inevitably, that something is to find fault with the other human being because now we have control over them. We have a judgmental call. We have the high moral ground. But fault finding is now endemic in Irish society and particularly in higher places, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. We find fault, we point fingers, we apportion blame and now it's developed, Will. It's developed now to when we find fault, punishment. Punishment will follow. Now, you don't have to look too far. Uh, I was on another radio station, I can only apologise profusely about, about that, talking about something similar. And for me, it is the head of the snake. It is Leo and the boys up in Leinster House who have actually drilled this down into our psyche. Think about it. Every second item on about politics is to find fault with somebody. Mm, well, he did something wrong. Yeah, and this that, that seems to be the role of absolutely. government and opposition to pick holes in each other. Rather than build houses, rather than fix hospitals, rather than look after people from an empathic point of view, let's find fault with somebody else because that means at least I'm above you. It is, it's like a bunch of school kids in a school playground. And this is not funny anymore. We're talking about, you know, 4,000 children who will be sleeping in the cold tonight. 
Think about that for a second. Pause. Don't say anything. Let it filter down. Now, how can you justifiably hog the high moral ground in politics and say, well, I'm better than him or I'm, we, we don't hang around with Sinn Féin? Do your job. Look after people. We're all just people. This is about empathy and kindness and love. It's not about scoring points or saying somebody's worse off than I am. And now you got me all right. I noticed. Yeah, no, so, he, <laughs> so here's the thing. So what's the answer for Sophie, not, not, not her real name? I'll tell you what I used to do. And, and because of the, the, the work that I get, I would get some pretty close to the edge texts from people. Because when you're dealing in, in the, the psychotherapeutic world, people open themselves up to you. They have to in order to, to, to get the, to the root of what's happening. So the deal was, I'm going to leave my phone lying around and what you find in it, you find. You deal with it. OK, but at least if the phone is left there, I have nothing to hide. And the other the other one for me is go through his phone. Seriously, go through his. Yeah, now, good for the goose yeah, is but, good but, for the gander. But for, and finally, Will, on this, from a psychological point of view, what this guy could be doing is simply transferring his own fears mm-hmm. or his own weaknesses onto Sophie. For the record, uh, based on the listeners who've gotten in touch, no sympathy for the boyfriend. And according to Ina, she should change her boyfriend, not her password. Headaches and heartaches on Midlands Today. Brought to you by the beautiful Abbey Blooms Botanical Gardens and Cafe Community Initiative in Multifarnham County, Westmeath. A wonderful space for relaxation designed to promote positive mental health and well-being for all. Find Abbey Blooms Botanical Gardens on Facebook. Our next caller is Keith, who has a very moody four-year-old. Very moody 21-year-old in front of me. <laughs> Notice how I gave with one hand and I took with the other. Why, thank you. (laughs) Anyway, this moody four-year-old is throwing tantrums all the time and Keith is concerned. He would like to know why, but he can't figure it out. You've heard of the terrible twos, Rory. Four, it should be calming down a bit. I thought we were known as the terrible twos. You and I. Yeah, possibly. What do you suspect is at play here? Okay. Hello, Keith. Hopefully it's his real name. Uh, let's start with what we know. The kid, we don't know whether it's a boy or a girl, so we'll call it the kid. The kid is four. Let's start from there and work forward. So I was listening to the BBC, darling, about two weeks ago, and something similar came up, and a real psychotherapist was on talking about it. And she was going on about ADHD, and dyslexia, and dyspraxia, and a whole host of other D words, and how we should be actively testing the kids for these things, which could have huge effect. So, remember, the kid is four, okay? She's, she or he is supposed to be moody. They are supposed to, tro- to, to throw tantrums. Because they're kids, you know, that's what they do to find out what the hell is going on in, mm. in, in, in this world. But the thing that concerned me a little bit is that we seem to be on a race to pathologize kids, give them a label. 
Oh, yeah, there's ADHD or there's autism. If I hear autism again, I'm not uh, demeaning or diminishing autism at all. But it seems to be everywhere. Every time you turn around, oh, my child is autistic. But so, isn't that preferable to the old blanket response? Oh, that's a spoiled child. Yeah, yeah. but it is, is that the blanket response now? I mean, it's, when was the last time you, you, you sat in a, in, a, in a coffee shop with a family with kids there? Just that they let run riot. Nobody says anything. In this generation, nobody can. You're not allowed to actually complain or to, or to, to point fingers because it's, it's inappropriate or it's, 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 uh, it's rude. So you can't do it. So the kids are let run, run riot. Actually, and, what often happens as well, rather than running riot, they're just given a scream. Oh, I don't, don't, yeah, don't get me started on that. I mean, do you know it's going to take at least a generation before we figure out the, the, the level of damage that's going to be caused by people being sucked into the online world. I mean, I'm, I'm I, knocking around Mullingar only yesterday when I saw the kids coming out of school. They're all on their phone. Nobody's talking to each other. There's no connectivity at all. There's no humanistic kind of energy yeah, between them. But I wonder, going back to the younger children yeah. who have less emotional regulation, mm. who are probably on screens more than they should be, and they're yes. getting the dopamine hits and they can't Absolutely. deal with it. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I have a young fellow who has ADHD and who has um, dyslexia. And I've seen him with his temper and trying to control it. So I... I while I hear you about not pathologizing children too much or too early, mm. at the same time, if your antenna is picking up a concern, maybe an assessment should be considered. Mm. OK, so I hear you. I respect what you're saying. But in effect, if you follow that road down a little bit, you're going to end up with a label. So the kid now becomes it's a very short hop between being been diagnosed with depression and being depression itself. Mm. Now, another thing that I find is, is common, if not popular, is the fact of people throwing out their labels. Oh, I'm dyspraxic or I'm, I'm, I'm dyslexic. Or, and it becomes almost an excuse. A get out of jail. I can't do this because of... But for me, it's the it's the pathologizing of what could be argued is is normal young kid behavior. Okay. What are we saying to Keith? Okay, well, to be I'm, concerned, yeah. or to accept his child is four, and this is what four year olds do. Well, well, first off, it is it is what four year olds do. So there 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 is a kind of a tacit acceptance with, within that that that's going to happen. But for me, the thing is, I mean. We all know that this is going to happen within children, but rather than rush to label, rush to diagnosis, rush to box the kid off. And remember, a diagnosis can stay with you throughout your life. That's not my opinion. That's that's a fact. The the I think the kid is throwing a tantrum because he or she is trying to find out, number one, what the world is all about and what their place in the world is. That's normal behaviour. That's what we're born with, with, with that stuff. If I had some advice for, for, for Keith, I wouldn't say don't do it. I'd say do it with and against it because I would be, I would be very circumspect about the findings and then labelling my own child with those findings. I'm going to get all soppy at this point. 
if what can Keith do? He can love the kid. Not in spite of the tantrums, and they're 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 clearly affecting him. Not in spite of them, but because of them, because. Each one of us is unique mm. and there is a unique kind of behavior happening now with this child. So for me, four years old, give it a bit of space, give it a bit of time and see actually what, what develops. Yeah. Because and, and in sometimes all, the hug disarms far more than the scolding. I agree yeah, with you on yeah, that. Old school human contact, mm. Will. We're over time. I know. But there is a quick... Uh, item we can't deal with today and Michelle is devastated because her doggy of 13 years <clears throat> has disappeared and she's crying and she's lost and she's devastated. Yeah, yeah, and I can get it. We, we, we were talking about, about the, the, the human aspect just, just before this. To me, y- you know what? Do- dogs are the, are the, the, the epitome of, of uh, unconditional acceptance a dog doesn't go, oh, your hair's a bit long or I don't like you with that beard on you. They just love you unconditionally. So in great part, she would be missing that. Here's the thing. You know that I, I wrote a book couple, two years ago now called The Millie Diaries, which was about my dog. So I brought a copy in. It's with the lovely Sinead. Uh, and Michelle is, is more than welcome to contact the station, get the book, read it and see what the effects of it will be. Excellent. And then we can follow up. Rory, thank you very much. You will find Rory Hafford at the Lusnagrena Family Resource Centre in Longford and he is a psychotherapist and author which he frequently mentions. <laughs> Headaches and heartaches on Midlands Today. Brought to you by the beautiful Abbey Blooms Botanical Gardens and Cafe Community Initiative in Multifarnham County Westmeath. A wonderful space for relaxation designed to promote positive mental health and well-being for all. Find Abbey Blooms Botanical Gardens on Facebook.